Now entering the Royal Rumble, Earthquake, Ravishing Rick Rude, Paul Roma, The Texas Tornado, Saba Simba. Why do you think Vince didn't mention Golga? I bet Vince doesn't even remember Golga. Do you think he remembers any of the oddities? If you asked him to name one of the oddities, would he be able to name someone other than Luna? Or Hank the Drunken Dwarf. <laughs> oh, God. What a terrible stable that was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good one. No. Is it the worst of all time? Uh, They were pretty over and sold like a bunch of shirts and stuff, so I don't know. I guess. I guess. We should probably save this for the Golga discussion. Any further thoughts on the Caribbean? No, I save that for Saturdays. Oh, yeah? Only Saturdays? Is Didn't it? it start on this show? Uh, it saved the follow-up for Saturdays. Ah, uh, okay. All right, so we're following that up only on Saturdays. So here we are. Entering now, entering the Royal Rumble, uh, episode 19. It sure feels like a lot more. It does. I, I just I think we talk about so many guys that it just feels like a lot. Yeah, but 19. So we're breaking down the performances of every single person that has ever entered the Royal Rumble. We started 18 episodes ago uh, with Bret Hart, who was the first ever entrant in the Royal Rumble, and we break down every appearance based on three categories. Those categories being presentation, creativity slash work rate, and effectiveness. Uh-huh. Score out of 10 gives us a score out of 60. And uh, we got a couple of interesting guys I think we're going to dive into today. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh, quite the mix. Yeah, a couple of important ones, a couple of not so important ones. But let's get right down to it while we're here. Now entering the Royal Rumble. outfit i think it's my favorite quake outfit the light blue with the canadian like right above his nipple right under his nipples did you like the one with the flag well is that's the one i'm talking about because that's the one he's wearing in the in the 1990 royal rumble yeah. right well then he had the light blue without the flag for some reason i have i can't picture that i mean i can i can picture what it looks that was like. what he mostly had the flag one was only for a little bit really yeah because he wears the whole light blue one. is He's got the light blue and the ship brown. The ship brown he doesn't wear too much. He only has that for a little bit in 90. And then the light blue is what he has from, like, post this until late summer. Oh, and by yeah. And by summertime, he's got the one with, like, the little seismograph on it. Yeah, that's the one I, I – well, well, we'll we'll go into greater detail of these earthquake Okay. costumes for sure uh but yeah I'm, I'm okay with the light blue one in fact they're releasing a uh figure of the light blue one and i need to get my hands on it with the flag yeah they're doing the one with the flag no oh, that's a cool one because i'm pretty sure it's a figure based on this rumble 1990 right well yeah i mean it's either this or survivor series i think the only two big shows where you had the one with the flag mm, okay when you say survivor series you mean survivor series 89 90. 
89. Okay, I thought you said 99. I'm like, oh my god, no, what did I miss? <laughs> no, by 90, he's got the uh, just the regular blue. Right. So in this rumble, he comes in number 19. 1990. This is the hot rumble that we're going to be mm-hmm. done with by the end of the day, sadly. Man. It's like the opposite 89 where we wanted it to end. I know. This one's like, oh, there's not more. Can we, <laughs> why couldn't this be the 30 man, the 40 man rumble? Right. Uh, but I think he's got pretty good heat coming in. Uh, I think he's got a lot of heat and he comes out with anger in his eyes. Like Loggins and Basita, he's got angry eyes. Uh, he comes out and Jesse says he's lucky. He's got that late draw. He's a big guy. Um, and the crowd's very on, on him, uh, which is good because he hasn't really done a ton yet to earn that it's coming soon, but uh, he goes right after dusty punches him and throws him right out a big first statement for him. Yeah. That, but it, unfortunately it's the shitty dusty elimination. Right. We oh, talked about last time. About. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the crowd is not happy at all with this. No, no. And dusty was super over in this match. Yeah. Um, he, he fights then, off a demolition double team too. He, he's just a targeted man with that size. Yeah, and, he, and and I love about the demolition thing is right away after Dusty, they pound on him, but he powers Axe over the top rope. Yes, just deadlifts like him. Just kind of deadlifts him. Yep. Yeah, love it. And then he rams his enormous thighs into Haku. Well, I love, too, after he throws Axe, he does the earthquake stomp, and everyone mm. just watches him. It was such a cool moment. Like, it was him announcing, like, this is my match now. Right. Yeah, and I will say, when he's in there, it is kind of his match. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, Anvil comes in, he piece of shit out of him. There's a whole segment with ha- he keeps going after Haku. What's his yeah. problem with Haku? It's a Jimmy Hart Heenan family thing. Mm, that's right. It's every manager for themselves, also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're the Anvil, you probably shouldn't be going right after this dude. Uh, correct. Uh, but he doesn't last long, and which I which I always think is a bit shocking when I think of him, because for some reason I imagine him being in this match longer than than he is. No, I, I think it's just the impact he makes, and I think they smartly get him out of there before the big stuff really happens. Mm. Yeah, like the whole ring gangs up on him and lifts him out, including the Jimmy Snuka that we talked about last time, and yeah. Dino Bravo makes the weakest possible effort to save him. He just like flails toward him. Oh no! <laughs> but I think off. this was, but this to me wasn't like um. We've talked about ones where like a Sean Diesel, where, or even you know Hogan Sav, like whatever, where it's like uh, uh like you know they didn't really want to help, but they pretend. I think this is stupid if he did that, Dino. Like, like Quake is the only guy who even remotely gives a shit about him, and they're par- par- uh, partnering up quite a bit. So I think this this was a foolhardy move by him. To not try and desperately try harder to save Earthquake, because that's, that's his only bet here. See, I imagine that that is actually as hard as Dino could try. Right. Oh, you think so? He's just too slow. Yeah, that's how I interpreted that ending. So you, you thought he was, like, not helping on purpose? No, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Either way, it's dumb and bad. But when Quake goes out, it's called a major achievement by Jesse. Uh, I would agree, like. They all came together because they knew, like, this guy was going to be a tough out. And unless they partner up, they're in trouble. Yeah. So a total ring time of two minutes and 31 seconds in that time eliminated every uh, eliminated two people and was eliminated by every single person in the ring. Yeah, I mean, he didn't last long, but he made a big mark. Two impressive eliminations, uh, some good power offense, and it took a lot of guys to barely eliminate him. So he stayed strong 
So until they protected him, given that he wasn't going to win. And I think yeah. he's like a sneaky, like you always hear, what are the options here? Like if they didn't want to give it to Hogan um, because he didn't need it or whatever. And like you always hear perfect. But I think Quake could have been an interesting one here. Yeah, I could have seen that win. And then you're you're, you're heating him up for what's going to happen later in the right. year. Yeah, you could even have Quake throw out Hogan. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm uh, where are you at in presentation on this one? Actually, before, I mean, I thought he came in looking pretty damn strong and they talked him up. Jesse was talking him up like a, you know, like a stud, like a star and a major threat. Um, and he looks like it. He carries himself like it. That moment where he stomps and kind of owns the ring. So, no, yeah, I, I thought they presented him like a big deal. Uh, yeah, I I wish they I feel like for me, I'm at only at a two for presentation. Hmm. Uh, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just I found it hard to get super behind him in a match with so many other huge stars. Like to me, he always felt like, like a, like a lesser big man in this thing. Right. And I don't think that's any fault of his own. It's just like, you know, you'd already seen Andre, you'd already seen, did you see Akeem? Yeah. Akeem. Yeah. Right? He was so it's like, it just felt like it, it it just felt like a big guy everybody had to gang up to throw out and nothing more, nothing less, which I, I kind of didn't want to see. I was hoping that maybe not. Maybe he would last a bit longer. Maybe right. like like I found the announcers talked him up, but not not to the point of the other big guys I found. Right. So that's why I'm at it, too. OK. Uh, for creativity, I went with a three. I love the toss out of axe. I like the stomping around the ring. Uh, I just thought, again, he, he worked pretty hard in there. And even the elimination was cool with him really hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, and took like eight guys to shove him out. Yeah, I'm at a two <laughs> for work rate because I think that like – I like the stomp like you said. I like the, the deadlift, and that's why he gets points because I right. find the rest of what he does in there to me doesn't really feel like a lot of note. Right. Like I, there's just a lot of clubbing in the back. A lot of kind of laying on the ropes. And there's only two minutes, so I would have liked to see a bit more of a a flurry of offense to get a bit of higher score for me. And so consequently, I'm also at a two for pre, uh, effectiveness. Came in, eliminated two guys, was the focus of the match, but only the focus of the match for two minutes. Yeah, I went, uh, again, I went with a four here, though. Uh, he eliminates two guys. One's Dusty out of the bat. He makes a name for himself. This is the guy on the come up. Takes a whole half a ring to throw him out. To me, that was like an effective showing. Like, you remember him as one of the guys, at least I do, from this match. Like, owning that whole middle segment of a loaded match. Yeah, I think I'd be on board if that middle segment was a little bit longer. Because, right. like, when I think of the memorable things in this match, I don't, I don't go to him ever. Like, I think of, I mean, obviously you think of Hogan Warrior. You think of the Piper, Jake, um, DiBiase, Savage segment. But see, that's all early. Like, I think of that early. I think of Quake in the middle and then the Hogan Warrior stuff at the end. See, I guess I guess I guess I see Andre more as the middle with Demolition. Yeah, I see that more like early middle, Quake late middle. That's fair. Like, I see just uh, four segments. It's like DiBiase through Savage stuff, then Andre and Demolition then Quake, and then Hogan Warrior. Yeah, and then the ending. Um, I guess I could see it, uh, but still, it's it just feels a bit too short for me to bump him up more. So that gives him a total of 17, which uh, ties him with 
Jake Roberts, 1988, Smash, 1990, Shawn Michaels, 89, Bad News Brown, 89, and Tully Blanchard, 1989. Uh, who was the first one of that again? Jake, 1988. I, I feel like this is more memorable than that. But then again, I'm higher on him, so I don't know. What do you think? I feel like Jake is way more important to the match because Jake in 88 is like the major face in it for most of it. But I don't really care. Like, I know you're you're higher on him. So whatever you want, we could also break up the two Jakes with Earthquake because Jake is right above him for an 89. So. Yeah. I just think it's more memorable. Like, even until you just explained it, like I was struggling a bit that they could Jake 88. Yeah, I wonder if that's just a consequence of the match, though, just not being as popular. Yeah, but if he stood out more. Right, I guess. I just think Quake makes a dent in a match that's loaded with guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess my argument would be I don't think that dent is big enough, but again, I don't care enough to play some below. I think it's a big enough dent to outlast Jake and Idiot. I mean, you could probably make the argument that without Jake, maybe the concept doesn't work mm. at all. Maybe. Because, like, you need a face in there for people to care about, right? Right. But whatever. I mean, that lands Earthquake 1990 at the 45th a best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. Uh-huh. Okay. So not too bad, not too shabby. Uh, but he's back the next year with uh-huh. a vengeance. And he stomps out to a lot of booze this time. His heel uh, status much more cemented. He had uh, murdered Hulk Hogan, right? Earlier. Yeah, he's a top heel at this point. He's a legit threat in this match, too. Uh, throws a lot of heavy shots. He beats up on Duggan, his old rival. And it feels like everything orbits around him right away. Yeah. I I appreciate the blue Richter scale suit here. Yes. Yep. I found this is a more professional look for him. And I right off the bat, Piper calls him Baby Huey. Is that something yeah. to do with the size of his head? Or his body. Maybe. And then Gorilla's like, get the emergency wards ready. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. And not only that, he comes into a ring with 11 guys already right. in there. Right off the bat, toe-to-toe with Animal. And I like the first elimination where, like, Animal gets him on the ropes and charges. But, like, quick kind of ducks and Animal goes out. But it's it's really intense. Like, it's a fast charge. Then he smashes Hacksaw into the corner like crazy. They he pull each other. murders him. Yeah, and but then they just pull each other's hair for a while, which is a bit strange. Yes. Uh, it's like a mating he, call. Yeah, right? And then he gets double teamed by Douglas and Duggan. Sits on poor Tito for a while. And then there's a few moments in this one where I find he's just kind of standing around, mm. like waiting for someone to challenge him. But I actually don't mind because I find it makes sense in the context because who would? Right. No one wants to go near him. I thought Quake really murdered Douglas in the corner. Uh, he just like ragdolls him around yeah. uh, until Hogan comes in. And I love Quake like stalking Hogan like a snake as he gets piled on while he slides in. He's just like watching him. And he eventually gets to him and beats on him in the corner. He's choking. He's barreling into him. Yeah. And he actually gets saved. And then Hogan eventually gets control, obviously. Uh, and he gets saved from Hogan by Perfect which I thought was kind of a cool little moment. You don't Mm -hmm. usually see those kind of guys teaming together. Do you think the bald spot made him seem less credible? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it definitely makes him seem older than he was, as we know he's not that old. He's like 30 years old here. (laughs) Something absurd like that, right? Uh, Yeah, I think, I don't think, no, I don't think he was even 30. 
it's it's crazy, right? It's even younger, right? Yeah. Uh, hang on. I always look it up, and I'm always shocked, even though I know. <laughs> like, he's born in um, '63, so he's yeah, he's not even 30. Yeah. It's 20, 27. 27. Jesus Christ. Right. He's young, but he doesn't look it. Uh, but it kind of makes him look more grizzled too, in a way. Yeah. Uh, and then I love when he grabs Bulldog by the dreads and just throws him down. And then he kind of assesses the landscape and then goes right back to Bulldog. Yeah, he works Davey for a while. Do you think it was Jimmy Hart's dream at this point to manage Hulk Hogan? Because he's cheering pretty hard for Earthquake to murder him. Uh, yes, uh, for sure. Uh, perfect. Out of, I like to, to, out of nowhere, perfect chops him. Hard. This lo- yeah, this loud-ass chop for no reason. I like the big choke on Tito. Then, like, just no sells his gut punches to the gut from Tito and just throws yeah. him to the floor. Like, that was awesome. Just complete disregard as a person. Yeah. Haku then rekindles their feud from the year before in the Rumble. But then when Tito gets involved, like you're saying, Haku just kind of saunters off. Right. And then, see, Gorilla at one point goes, Santana has been eliminated by guess who? Earthquake. <laughs> but, Take a guess. But he hadn't really been on like a crazy run of eliminations or anything. I think it was only his second one. Uh, right. Yeah, I guess maybe because he's like so dominant anyway in general. Yeah, and then he throws his back into Douglas, so that's always good. Yeah, I gotta shake that ass a little bit. <laughs> uh, I like the slugfest with Anvil, uh, and then Quake absorbs a flurry of punches and kind of shakes that off. Escapes a double team, and of course we get the infamous uh, Luke marches in. He throws him right out. Yeah. All time moment right there. It's classic. And then uh, him and Herc duke it out in the corner, too. But then they just stop and walk away. Yeah, it's a strange thing, eh? Yeah. It's like they banged in a bathroom or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, it's like randoms at a bar that just like went their own ways. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, he also like does this weird jump kick on Haku, which means he, he, he used to these kick a lot, but he always lands on one leg when he does that kick. And I was always worried that he was the weight of him was going to snap that leg underneath him. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fucking weight for sure. Yeah. And he almost gets Hogan out at this point, but Douglas and Davey, like, run to Hogan's rescue. Which I think is one of the weirder spots of the, in the match. I never really get that. Like, I feel like they never have a good way to explain it. Yeah. Like, yeah. He then elbows Neidhart from behind uh, and goes back to Haku. And then Big Tugboat comes in, and Tugboat uses his upper chest for a lot of offense on Earthquake. And Tugboat's also choking him in the corner, but really Uh it just looks like he's pushing his head down. (laughs) Yes. It's strange because he already banged Hercules, right? Right. You know, I think he needs a little refractory time to uh, pull it back together. Yeah, and I don't think this is his fault, but, like, the ring is just so full. I find it around this point of the match, he starts to get lost a little bit among the scrubs. Kind of, but I did see him as kind of the North Star in there. Uh, It feels like we keep coming back to him, him and Hogan. Yeah. It's just, like, there's no near eliminations of him. It's just a lot of clubbing. Uh, He's never really in peril. And, like, he's either, like, just kind of pounding on you or throwing you out. Right. Um, and then with knobs tosses Davy like he's nothing. Yes. Into the chuck about trash. Into the final four. It's the nice assisted splash on Hogan, which I like the earthquake uh-huh. splash, the Hulk up. And this is, this is like the end of the feud, right? In theory. They do fight a little bit, uh, on house shows up until mania. They do like stretcher matches and stuff, but for all intents and purposes, the majority of the country, like this is it. Right. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it's just the old rivals go at it. Like Quake gets a lot of offense and actually felt like he could pull it out before Hogan finally tosses him to win. Yeah, it felt like a cool little mini match at the end. Um, and I like that Hogan eats that power slam that uh, he does. I thought that was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. Yes, he always nails it so perfectly. Yeah, and, and it looks like it hurts. And even the clothesline from Hogan is kind of like a callback to the elimination of Dusty. It feels, but it feels like a more organic version of it. Right. This is a long run for him. He's in there for almost 25 minutes. It's a long time. He, I think it's great. He's really presented like a monster and a star. He's got some fun spots. He's got the classic all-timer with Luke. Uh, his selling was great, uh, where he just kind of didn't break, uh, you know, gave, gave, and gave, but never took that final blow until the end. Racked up some eliminations, makes the final two, gets a long fight with Hogan. It's kind of the first time they had that in a rumble. And then the crowd heat was good, too. It was a nice showing overall. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I really did. Uh, so I I thought he was much better presented in this one than he was the year before. I'm at a five on presentation. I thought he was presented as a real threat. He's presented as a big deal. They talked him up. Even Gorilla saying stupid shit like, look who, guess who eliminated him? Earthquake, you know? It just felt like he was much more of a presence in this one, and he was more of a main event star as opposed to a random big guy that was eliminated. Right. I agree. I went six. Same reasons. Um, I'm at a three for work rate creativity. As much as I liked his performance, I found too much of it was just down to the the clubbing on the back and the standing around. And so I bumped it up a little for um, the mini match at the end and a couple of little nuances. Yeah, I went five here again. I think uh, he gets like a full point for Luke uh, because that's like an all-time spot. The stuff with Hogan at the end is really good. And uh, again, I just felt like he kind of controlled the bulk of the match, especially given how many guys were in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it. And uh, as effectiveness, I went five. He eliminated four guys. He left 25 minutes. He was the runner up. I think it's a pretty solid run for him. Uh, I went six. Yeah. A score of 30, mm. which is going to put him pretty high. So as 30, oh, he's, he's only tied with one person. Bret Hart from 1997. Uh, yeah, Brett's ahead of him there. Yeah. Okay, so that lands uh, Mr. Quake as the 19th best wow. Royal Rumble performance of all time. And that's, well. that's not a bad achievement, uh, considering it's such a bad uh, Rumble. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, like, what did Hogan finish for 91? Might have finished. Um, oh, he finished 12th. Right, Quake's got to be the second. Right. Uh, no. Oh, no. Martel. Hogan's, Martel. Hogan's Martel. not even the first. Right. It's Martel. Martel with 39 points. Yeah. Hogan with 35. And then yeah, I think Valentine. Yeah. Oh, uh, Valentine. I think we put lower. Yeah, we did. Substantially lower. We put Valentine below Jake. Maybe there's something wrong with our system. Right. And then he appears again in 1993. And I felt that this one felt a little uh, off, if you will. I actually was pleasantly surprised with this one. Uh, really? A little more so than I expected. So he comes out of 23, so right around the same time as last uh, installment. And he gets a nice little pop. Um, you know, he's got a shot, too. When you kind of look at the field and his history in these matches, like, I don't know. I think coming in, you could look at it and say maybe he's got a chance 
to do something uh, of note. And he mm-hmm. goes right at Typhoon immediately. Kind of questionable, though, like not using his teammate for help. Yeah. And Gorilla, they're fighting, and Gorilla says the irresistible force, meaning the immovable object. But which is which in the natural disasters? <laughs> right. They're equally both. I don't really see either of them as an irresistible force of any kind. And then, I mean, well, either way, whatever one gives in, uh, they battle and squish in the corner a bit before Quake just foists him out. Uh, again, odd booking, but fuck Typhoon. Uh, but I, just, yeah. I don't get I don't get his strategy, uh, but it looked impressive. Uh, and he's got some energy. He's bouncing around like Bowser in the ring. He goes at IRS and uh, Fatu and Sags kind of working across his rivals in the tag division over the last half a year, which I think plays well, because obviously feud with Money Inc. for most of the year. Uh, feuded with the Nasties as well, with or at least were partners with the Nasties and then kind of had their issues. And then uh, Fatu, the head drinkers, cost them the tag titles too. So I thought that was some nice cohesion there. Yeah, and it was strange to go back to that. And, and mm-hmm. it's funny because when Bobby, when he comes in, Bobby's like, oh my God, what's going to happen to IRS? But then Earthquake saves IRS from Typhoon. Right. It, it, so like, yes, there's cohesion, but there was also that for some reason. Which I guess maybe you ch- you clock it up to like you chalk it up to um, him getting rid of the biggest threat in the ring. I guess. I guess I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an odd odd decision. Yeah, I think Gorilla does have some balls calling him the odds-on favorite at, at any point during this match. As much as I think he's okay, like. Well, I don't know. Given like we haven't seen Savage or Yoko yet. I right. guess right there. Maybe he should have said, like, of the people in the ring. Sure. He's the odds-on favorite. Uh, but him versus Backlund is a cool little oddity of a match. Yep. Uh, something you don't think you'd see otherwise. Spends a lot of time with Tito and Cologne. Like, he really gets around in this match. All different guys. And he feels like a presence to me. Um, so he does eliminate IRS, so there's some revenge there. And then him and Sags go at it. Yeah, IRS, like, jumps at him. And Irwin, like, flies out of the ring. Right, which is a cool-looking elimination. I mean, can't give too much credit, I guess, to Quake on that one. But wasn't that was was Irwin was Shyster still using the write-off clothesline? I don't think he really had much of a finish with in Money Inc. Okay, um, but I guess it was kind of one of his go-to's. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Carlos Cologne has no idea how to sell an earthquake clothesline. Uh, no, no. Uh, but he almost eliminates Cologne, uh, then kind of resets himself as Yoko comes out. And he kind of knows, like, if I'm going to win, this is my guy. And I thought he, he like, presented that well. Uh, yeah. Is there, yeah. So he waits for Quake Yoko to come in and turn around, and he gets right in his face and, like, dares him to get on the sumo line. Yeah, and it's the big dude face-off. I like, too, that he waits for Yoko to finish fighting other guys. Like, he really wants to right. make – it seems like he really wants to make it a standoff between the two of them. Yeah, he just wants to get him and get him now and then go on to win this match. Um, so they do their big showdown and the crowd gets fucking hot. Like they go crazy. And I think it's the hottest there for this match, especially at this point outside of Taker and like the early stuff are perfect. Like this back end to me is like some of the hottest stuff of the match. And it almost felt like a bit of an all time moment for a second there. Uh, and, and maybe a last gasp for like Earthquake. Um to do something. So they get their big showdown. They collide and Yoko wins the showdown. He knocks Quake out with a belly to belly, which is a really cool elimination too. So I thought the crowd loved this and I thought it was really cool. I think it's kind of a last great earthquake moment in the company. Was it the way Bobby described it as the two Sears towers meeting? 
Yes, yes, just like that. <laughs> so 11 minutes of ring time coming in at number 23. Eliminates two guys. So not a bad run. Um, but you're clearly on the downward trend with Earthquake, and which is why I'm at a two for presentation. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought he was really fun. Uh, I thought the Yoko stuff woke up the crowd and put over Yoko big time. I think that's like a small part of this, too, is like how much he helped establish Yoko. Um, and again, the Typhoon stuff was odd, but I thought Quake really worked his ass off. Like, this is his last match in this run, and he could have easily mailed it in, and he didn't, which I thought was cool. Does I won't come back four. at WrestleMania 10? Yeah, but this run, that's a year later. Oh, okay. He's like, this is his last of this run. He goes away for like a year. So okay. um, he could have easily just packed it in, but I thought he worked hard. I gave him a four. I thought they actually presented him as a threat, as a as a monster, like just taking out his fucking partner and then going toe to toe with Yoko, who's going to win and go to Mania win the title. Like you could argue Quake is his like most, you know, his biggest like fearsome challenger of this run right here to this point. Um, right. But so that I thought he looked really good. But that also might be a major flaw of the match. Uh, maybe, but Quake has cred. I mean, it's not like it's fucking Carlos Colon thrown down with Yoko. Like, I oh. think using Quake here this way is something they should aim for. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, instead of wasting a guy like this, like other Rumbles, I feel like we would have complained that, oh, they wasted Earthquake in this spot. Like, here's a guy that has some credibility and could have been used. Like, I actually think they did a good job using him. Um as a threat, as a guy that actually felt believable in the way they booked him. Yeah, I thought he did well. I thought he did well. Um, I didn't think he did well uh, on the creativity slash work rate. I liked the Yoko sequence, but it was 30 seconds of 11 minutes. So I gave him credit for that, but I'm at a one for the rest of it. I went three. I mean, I really liked the Yoko stuff. I liked uh, him. I mean, as weird as it was, I liked him throwing out Typhoon and making a statement uh, I love the way he tracks and stares at Yoko and waits for him to come over. Uh, you know, I liked him working the tag division guys. Like I thought he had a reason to go after all those guys and it's on, you know, showcase here. So I don't know. I dug it overall. Hmm. I'm at a two on effectiveness, uh, two eliminations, 11 minutes. That felt right for me. Uh, I went with a four. So again, I know I'm higher than you, but I thought I didn't want to overlook what he did to help earthquake get over in this match. Hmm, that's fair. So that gives him 16. So that ties him with fuck a whole lot of people. Uh, the top of this 16 is Big Boss Man 89. Bottom is Rick Martel 1992. All right, he's above that for sure. Is he above Rick Martel 1990? Yes. Haku 1990. Uh, yes. Even with all the Twin Towers stuff? Yes. Bret I just Hart really like the thing with Yoko. It was like more memorable. Red Heart 1990. Probably not. Okay, that feels all right. Brett's like a real workhorse in that match. So that lands Earthquake. I mean, the classic connection stuff was good with Demolition. I don't know. But that's more Demolition and Andre, honestly, than Haku in that. He's part of it, but whatever. I, I can live with that. Um, I can live with that. So that puts him as the 56th best Rumble appearance of all time. So what's the best? I, I find this is his worst look, too, in the Natural Disasters tights. The red and black? Yeah. yeah. I would have the blue with, like, the lightning bolt on it, then the Canadian flag, then the Natural Disasters. 
Yeah, because then he has this in his comeback too, right? Yeah, I think so. And it always felt like that's his tag team look. As opposed to like right, his single, look. like when he killed the snake and whatever. So do you think, do you think Earthquake, I mean, Earth, Earthquake's got to be one of the first major feuds you watched as a fan, right? Earthquake Hogan was the first major feud, yes. So I'm curious, because like for me, Earthquake always felt like a, 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 a second tier Hogan opponent. Even though I think he might have the one of the hottest angles. Does that make sense? Yes, I think he did. I mean, I don't see what was. I just think that attack was probably harder than most. Yeah. Yeah. But like, is it his look that makes me think he's second rate? Is it like, is it that I just I had seen everything else that had come before it? You know what I mean? I think it's almost a Hogan thing as much as a him thing. Hogan was on the downturn also. In the promotion overall, yeah. too. It's just he just looks like it's weird because. Uh, he's I, like I, on the Bundy level. Like, I don't, like, did you ever really think Bundy was going to win the world title from him? Oh, but Bundy looked more intimidating, I found. Like, I found yeah. like, er, like I found like Earthquake looked like a fat dude, like a fat, bearded, balding dude. Whereas Bundy, because of whatever he did with his look looked like a a threatening professional wrestler. Right. And so I know that's people shave balls with like no beard. Maybe, but then maybe it's the chest hair. Maybe it's this the way he sweat through his thing. Mm-hmm. He looked like someone again, I mean I I feel very shallow saying this. Like I would right. definitely sleep with him. But like I, I, I just feel like there's something about him that feels like a second rate opponent. And I feel bad saying it because he's become one of these guys who's a little bit revered because he was such a good dude apparently. But I've always struggled with him as a Hogan opponent. Right. I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't know. I I thought it was a hot feud. But I could also see your point. Like, you're not going to look at him and think this guy is going to be world champion. Like, I get it. But I do think it was – it was also a feud, though, that wasn't really for the belt. So yeah. does that help it? Like, I think it kind of does. Because he doesn't look like a guy that could be world champion per se. But he looks like the t- kind of guy that could destroy Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's true. So if this was a world title feud, I think maybe it hurts. Hurts him more. Versus just like a blood feud. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I was just curious if you had any insight into why he just didn't click for me. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's some validity to what you're saying with his look. Mm. And the sweat. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone now, Earthquake, but in his place... Golga. Just a complete waste of time. He comes in at number three. This is during the Vince and Austin stuff out of the 1999. gate. Yeah. yeah. So he just watches for a minute during an all-time moment, and then Austin throws him out as soon as he enters. Because <laughs> he has to try and... Golga goes at him to try and get the bounty, but whatever. The only positive of his appearance is that it allowed McMahon to escape and begin that. Yeah, that's right. Level. But you and I both went zeros across the board for this one. Yeah, I mean, like, he, look, this is the worst look, obviously. Right. And I hate that Michael Cole is like, it's his Rumble debut. Like, didn't we all know who it was? I don't think they ever really admit it. Really? I don't think it was that obvious because he was slimmer. I, don't, yeah. I mean, if you weren't in the know, I don't think you would know. Yeah, I guess. Uh, his elimination was okay with Austin reversing the Irish whip and tossing him. But I don't know why he couldn't wear clean sweatpants for the event. <laughs> right. Yes. 
Well, he's just meant to live in like the Jackal's basement or whatever, I guess. I guess. So yeah, zeros across the board, eliminated by Steve Austin. Uh, eliminated a guy who's eliminated by both Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin is rare, though. That's true. This journey. That's true. But zeros ties him for the worst ever. Now he's obviously not as bad as Nikolai Volkov. No. Repo oh Man. God. I guess he's not in as long as Nikolai, and he's got the Austin throwing him out and allows Vince to escape. So look, if we go it just on time, he's between Luke ninety five and Butch ninety five. Do we want to break up the bushwhackers? Does he go above them just because of the Austin McMahon piece? He's got no part of it. I mean, I don't care. Sure. But our rule in this has been like. Yeah. <laughs> duration. Yeah. All right. So let's just put him between. All right. That's fine. Bushwhackers are separated, sadly, as Golga takes the 151st. <laughs> best rumble appearance of all time now Man, what a get... dichotomy for earthquake i know right like everything is so strong and then that yeah. right i'm curious um, how much it's gonna drag down is overall i don't know how bad it how poorly it does but it, obviously it's going to affect um while we're stopping between guys north south connection what's cool that's going on right now Everything. I, w- I would say everything is cool, Aaron. We cover the gamut of wrestling topics, even some non-wrestling stuff. Uh, it's a lot of quality shows by people that just enjoy doing them, uh, that take their time, that talk about stuff that you may not remember or think about as part of those shows, which is what I like about them. They're all kind of interesting deep dives across the board. Uh, we also had the debut recently of WWE War, which is myself and Marcus Fuller doing kind of a sabermetric style breakdown of WWE pay-per-views, if you're a baseball fan kind of doing like a plus minus over replacement level uh, style. And we're starting with 94, 95 WWF pay-per-view season. So episode one was King of the Ring and SummerSlam 94. Episode two will be SummerSlam 94 and Sorry Series 94. So be sure to check that out every other Friday here and just tons of other great content. Uh, so leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate that. Subscribe, share it with your friends. Please now entering the Royal Rumble. sad we only get one i know it's crazy he's just one of those guys that his bulk is pre-rumble era and then 88 89 he's doing other stuff on the show so yeah and and it's like scott hall that era like hall somehow is only in one um yeah is hall even in one uh actually no you're right he's not yeah he's not it's weird um yeah and both of those other rumbles 88 and 89 could have used him Correct. And yeah. there's no reason him and Warrior couldn't have been in 89. Yeah, and have them either throw each it's other like out. They yeah, they did the pose down. They can do that and be in the Rumble. For sure. Or like if he beats up Warrior after the pose down, Warrior can come out and kill him in the Rumble. Correct. That would have been fine. Uh, it comes in number 28, so really near the end. Uh, very he, late. And he jumps the gun, right? Yes, he comes out early. 
what what do you think happened there if you had to hypothesize? I don't know. Do you think it was a story? Was the clock broken? Like, I feel like they almost do it on purpose. Um, yeah, but, but then almost like they don't they don't give it enough attention. Right. Yeah. Like, so maybe he just got the wrong cue. I guess that's possible. Right. But yeah, the right. clock didn't even show up. Uh, but I love that him and Warrior forever rivals. Like he just goes right at him, <laughs> and it's a golden chance for him in this match. Like coming in this late, you know. Yeah, and he's got great intensity off the Warrior right away, like punching him down. He's a right. sweet drop kick right away too. Yep. Yep. A lot of hard punches with snap, uh, which he always does. And him and Barbarian have Warrior on the brink, uh, but then Hogan, of course, knocks him out. Um, yeah. Uh, for a huge moment. Knocks Warrior out. And, and so Rude, Rude and Barbarian kind of stand tall. But Rude almost flips out there, too. Yes, yes, he hangs on. Uh, but then they stand tall, and they deal with Herc and Hogan in a cool little mini-match. Yeah, it gets assaulted by Hercules a lot, and he also gets run into Hogan's boot by Hercules. Right. And, of course, the dirty back rake by Hulk Hogan. Yes, <laughs> dirty dog. Uh, Rude hangs on against Herc, like I said, but takes a good be- beating. Gets this classic atomic drop sell in, which is always great. But only the far camera catches it. Yes, yes. Which but it's sad. so dramatic, you can like it doesn't matter. You know, you can I mean? see it from the top seat. Like he's literally selling to the 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 furthest seat in the house in that one. Yes. Yeah, and then he holds Hercules for the barbarian, but barbarian he kick barbarian kicks him in the face by accident. And then uh, Minnesota. Know, yes. <laughs> does make the final four. Um, and dumps out Herc, which is great. I love that elimination. Yes. Like, perfect drop kicks him. And then, like, Rude kind of, like, you see him see that Hercules isn't gone. And he urgently gets up and clotheslines him out. I think it's a really good, um, a really great little elimination. Yep. Agreed. No way Hogan could take perfect or Rude in a real fight, right? Probably not. Certainly not Rude. one of those hard guys you beat the shit out of him yeah how about barbarian oh no 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 forget it barbarian beats everybody (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a whole different level like it's it's like barbarians like the next step in evolution if we were like a war species is there anyone in this match that hogan could beat up butch terry taylor i don't know if he could even take up butch terry taylor oh yeah terry taylor uh, it's I feel like no Taylor's got a lot of anger though Maybe like a Christmas story Where he just snaps and beats the shit out of Hogan Yeah maybe I, I think Hogan could probably take Piper oh, Maybe nah, That seems to make sense Piper's probably not that strong I don't know I'm trying to think Brett <laughs> 1990 Brett Well Brett oh. nah, He knows how to stretch out the dungeon Yeah Brett would stretch the shit out of Hogan Like <laughs> Dusty you could probably take like Dusty. Dusty's got some tricks. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, he's left with Perfect. They briefly double team until Rude hits Perfect by accident. And Perfect pulls the rope down as Rude comes to the rope and he flies out. So it was kind of like a callback to Survivor Series where they had a similar mis- mis- uh, yep. communication too. And he's eliminated. So I think it was a good showing. It was maybe a little disappointing um, in ways given how Lady comes into the match. Uh Fun showing, good classic strikes. Bumping was great as always. He felt like a threat, and he really made the most of the time he had in there. Yeah, only in there 619, but he was a major part of it. And yeah, like two eliminations. Um, I liked his run. It, it it made me want more, which is like always a good sign, 
right? Um, I'm at a three for presentation. I thought he was presented as a pretty good threat uh, for the time he was in, uh, but nothing more than that. Yep, same exact thing. Impressive, but could have maybe been a little bit more so. Yeah, I'm at a two for work rate. I just wish there would have been more intensity throughout. Um, I thought there were like uh, spots of intensity, but I, I could have dealt with a little bit more. Yeah, I give him a three. Uh, I love the atomic drop cell. I kind of like him coming out early. I like his aggression on Warrior. <laughs> I love his selling and his snap punches and his offense. A lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, and I, I'm at a two for effectiveness. Six minutes, two eliminations, uh, final three. But I think it's the time that maybe hurts him a little bit here for me. I went three on the back of him making the final three. Got a couple eliminations. Stood tall. He's he's memorable in this spot. Plus, you get the miscommunication of perfect that – in a perfect world, I, I think what they missed the boat on is not eventually turning rude face to feud with perfect. Could you make him a face that I think character? So. I think so. I mean, I don't know, maybe a little ahead of its time, but I, I think they could have found a way. I, I think if he like you could have played up the alpha dog of the Heenan family thing and maybe he loses to Warrior before SummerSlam and turns and fuse with perfect for the title icy title or something could have been cool yeah i i'm all in on that feud um i uh, yeah i would definitely like to see that feud i just i don't think they would ever have the balls to make a character like that yeah, face in that era but but like i mean in 1998 he's the top face in the company right like if austin yeah. is in there but even in 90 i mean in 90 if you play up his like tough man stuff and like i don't know like i just think anyone against bobby could have been a face you know what i mean like that's true if he snaps and smacks bobby around you know I mean, the other alternative is to keep him a heel and turn perfect face. Yeah, I, I think Rude is a face that works better at that time. Yeah, I, guess I don't think perfect had done enough as a heel, whereas I think Rude had kind of played out a bit. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just because I'm I'm viewing. I, I mean, we've seen perfect as that face, and you right. get okay. Maybe that's one thing it'd be better. Yeah, it's just uh, later though, after he's done more as a heel. That's right, and he has the whole thing with Flair. Um, that gives Rick Rude a score of sixteen, which is going to tie him with. Ossman 89, Axe 90, Perfect 91, Brett 90, Earthquake 93, Haku 90, and Martel 90 and 92. After Brett 90, for sure. I, I think he's ahead of Earthquake. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, so that bumps Earthquake down a notch, and it lands Ravishing Rick Rude in his only Royal Rumble appearance as the 56th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. And with that, we bid adieu to 1990. Mm, it's been a great rumble to talk about. Again, not as not nearly as nauseating as 89 was, uh, or uh, 88 was for sure. 89 was fine. 90 was my favorite to date to go. Through. Oh yeah, and 91. I think 91 is my least favorite, and I'm still not done it. So yeah, yeah, 91's tough. Is this the guys are in there so long? I guess we'll see. See you with our next one. That's our next one. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Oh, Roma! He enters 91 at... 
<laughs> Wait a Number four. Um, and he's kind of at the peak of his powers. I guess. Like, I, he's a weird guy. Because he's a guy I think kind of gets shit on because he was part of the Four Horsemen. Right. But it's probably better than most people remember. He just wasn't a horseman, you know? Like, Yeah, I, I think that definitely fucked him. Well, it, he probably made a bunch of money, and like it's it's his highest profile role. So I think if you had asked him again, I'm, I'm sure people have on some shoot interview somewhere, but I, I'm guessing he would still do it, right? Like, like he probably was the best run of his life monetarily, is my guess. Um, but that said, like, perception-wise it definitely dings him and leaves a bad taste because his young stallion stuff was fine. And I think power and glory is like pretty well regarded. So power and glory just gets hurt by a bunch of other teams coming in. Yeah. And Hercules getting injured during it too. Um, yeah, I, I, they should have been feuding with the hearts right after SummerSlam. Like the hearts fucking around with rhythm and blues and it should have been power and glory. Yeah. And the hearts could have done a really good job putting them over if that's what they wanted to do. Right, like Power and Glory is cool on that Visionaries team, um, but maybe put the Hearts on that team instead with Jake and Snuka. Right. Or put Power and Glory on the Million Dollar team and put Rhythm and Blues with... I mean, I know it kind of dings the Visionaries, but I think you needed Power and Glory versus the Hearts in that stretch. Yeah, that would have been good. And then if they had won that feud, who knows, right? Like, Right, and you would think maybe they were going to be the Mania team originally, probably, before the Nasty showed up, is my guess. I mean, I would have much rather them as the team. Right. And then Herc fucks his groin up and the Mania match is a mess. So, but anyway, they're at the peak right here. Like they're, they're riding high and they seem like they're going toward a title run at this point. Um, Roma's oozing confidence. Piper says he's here to climb people like a tree. Yeah. He goes, but he, but yeah, but he, he words it. He goes, he says, and he, he goes, here I be. I comes to climb you like a tree. Yes. It's it's odd. What the fuck is he talking about? I don't know. No idea. Piper does a lot of weird rhyming in the show. Yeah, and he's he's he was all in calling him Romeo. Yes. Like for this whole run, it's Romeo Roma. Uh, Romeo works with Hammer on Brett and then turns on him. And then he has to deal with the Hammer's wrath. He ain't having it. Uh, but some nice thing by Roma. Tornado comes in swinging. Uh, he really claws and hammers at Brett, who's been his main target. Then he has a fun spot with Martel too. Martel's like dancing around, and Roma just decks him. Oh, I, yeah, because they worked. They just worked together. Right. I always thought that he had some really nice snap in his work. Yes. Like his kicks and punches always looked really good. Like I'm a pretty big fan of his young style. Like whenever I see the young stallions, I, I, I really enjoy that team for some reason. I don't know why. Right. No, me too. Me too. And I, I think I might enjoy them. Like I, I like the characters of power and glory more, but I right. feel there's more, I've, I've seen more good young stallions matches. Agreed. Yeah. Um, a tornado comes in after this though and just fucking kicks the shit out, like punches the shit out of him, right? And if you watch him too throughout the match, he's very concerned about his pants covering his ass cheeks. Oh, wouldn't you be? Or would you? Yeah, be I, I don't know. If I was Paul Roma, maybe not. But with my ass, yes. But with Paul Roma's ass, I don't know. I might let it out. Or maybe it's not comfortable, you know. That's possible. Um, he hits a nice drop kick on Kerry Von Eric. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think Martel and Roma fighting, like we talked about, doesn't get sold as the massive breakup of the visionaries that it was. <laughs> right. It definitely should have been. They had oh, such it was an a, yeah, but it was kind of like a. Um, 
It was like a mercenary type thing, you know? I guess. Was was Martel being managed by Slick at this point? No, no. That was over. And like, by the time he was the model, that was done. Ah, okay. That was like pre-model, post-Strike Force breakup. But I thought Roma fits the style well, like with the double crossing and kind of picking his spots. Um, yeah. He rolls away from the tornado discus punch. A lot of strikes. Mashes Butch. And then he we get hurt. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he cannot grab Saba Simba. Like, he keeps trying to get his hands on him, and Saba, I don't know what he's doing. He's rolling around or some shit, but he just cannot get his hands on the man. <laughs> no, he cannot. Hurt comes in. We get some good double-team beatdowns on Butch. A nice high five. Uh, and then he, they work together until he does a wild cross-body dive at Jake, and Jake ducks, and he flies over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's some revenge for the Survivor Series. Uh, yeah, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, so I think this is a fun showing. Uh, a lot of energy. He seemed to understand the concept and play the game well. The stuff with Herc was good. Uh, he really helped steer the early part of the match, too. Just a quality showing. Yeah, I like every every other Paul Roman match I've watched, I'm always pleasantly surprised. And, like, he lasted 14 minutes, but he was pretty active for the entire time. Very active, yeah. I, don't, I mean, again, he was in a match with a lot of long dead wood. Like, he definitely... Um, brought more energy of those guys for you know and he's not in as long as some of those other ones but he's still in 14 minutes and he's pretty pretty active is he like a wrong place wrong time wrong like guy like i mean i don't know what the ceiling of a guy like this could be but i don't know it's probably a bit better than jobber like yeah if he's there i i think you used him like 95 you know what i mean mm. 95 96 maybe but he probably would have yeah. played out by then. Maybe he was just a great tag guy who just never really had that big tag run. Right. Yeah, because his tag stuff is the best, even with Pretty Wonderful. What if Pretty Wonderful comes to Dirty F in 95? Oh, I'd be all in. I mean, they wouldn't have any good matches, but that's not their fault. See, Pretty Wonderful against the Smoking Guns. Right. But at least they would have stood out as like a top team. But it felt like a big deal if they would have right. come. Yeah, might have been a shot. Yeah, so he lasts 14 minutes, doesn't eliminate anybody, but I still got a nice two at presentation. I thought they did a good job talking him up, and I enjoyed the run. And you get the rhyme from Piper. Yes, you did get the rhyme, even though it made no sense at all. Right. Uh, For creativity, I wanted two. Me too. Again, pretty basic work, had some decent spots. I like all the double crosses. Yeah, and everything looks snug and good, and he's never a guy that would expose the business at all. Like right. again, I don't get the heat on this guy. <laughs> like, no, me neither. I just that run just killed him. Like it wasn't his fault. They put him in the yeah. complete wrong position. Yeah, he's just a totally competent professional wrestler. Because even the heel stuff in WCW is good with Pretty Wonderful and all that. He's also remembered for that stupid Alex Wright stuff, which at the very end of his run, uh, which didn't help either, where he like kicks out at right at three and like no sells it and acts like an asshole. He basically sandbags Alex right bad. Oh, I don't remember that, that at all. No, it's, uh, I think it's the opener for super brawl 95. It's his last match with the company. And he just like he, completely sandbags Alex, right? He should have come to the WWF in 95. <laughs> right. He clearly did not want to lose to put Alex right over and just makes it very obvious. This guy's fucking dancing over here. <laughs> um, I got a one in effectiveness. It, it just, uh, same. Yeah. It's too bad. I want to go higher, but I can't. Uh, so that lands him with a score of 10. And that ties him with Haku 2001, Haku 1992, Coco 93, 
Bad News 90, Hercules 90, Repo Man 92, Tito Santana 91. Pick a spot. I, I can't keep track. Maybe, um, I, I think maybe near the top of this. Like, yeah, I mean, he's probably one of the most more effective of that group. He's ahead of Coco 93, I think. Yeah. Is he ahead of Haku 92? Um, uh, I feel like Haku 92 is inflated a bit because of the cool Bobby stuff and the pile driver. But then we were we kind of disappointed otherwise a little bit on that. Yeah, and Hawk, uh, look, Haku 2001 is the top one of these. Yeah, I think he's below that. Okay, so let's, let's split up the Hakus. Okay. So that lands uh, Romeo mm-hmm. Paul Roma, uh, or pretty, it was, he was pretty Paul Roma in WCW? He was. He was Jim Powers' friend as part of the Young Stallions. That lands him as the 89th uh, best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. I could have done with more Paul Roma. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would have been one of those guys that consistently turned out like pretty good showings because he just understands, like you said, he's competent. Like he understands the concept of the match. Yeah. Like it's just a good utility player. It felt to me like, like it was like a guy playing survivor. <laughs> like literally like he just knew like the game and how to play it. Right. I wish he would have come back in 99 and been like part of the hardcore division. Yeah, or even like a low-level guy in the corporation, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's always room for those guys. Right. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Tornado. Right away, Piper's like, there's a storm brewing. <laughs> ah, he spends so much time laughing in this match, Piper. Yeah, I'm generally a Piper commentary fan. Like, I think he's got good showings, but this is probably his most. Well, he's good in the Virgil stuff and, and, the, and the title match. The rumble itself with him is, is one of the. My least favorite Piper. Yeah, he doesn't know how to call it. Yeah. It's a lot of like, that's my favorite team. Ha! Like a lot of that. Right. Yeah, I I, I don't want to. But, but look, Tornado comes in number five. So he's an early addition to this match. It gets a pretty big pop yep. coming up. Yeah, no, he definitely does. He still feels like a big deal. I mean, he had just lost the icy belt in like December. So his like fall hadn't really happened yet. I think it's post-mania. A little bit, um, because even a mania, like he's okay, like he's pretty over when he beats Bravo. Right. Um, so I think I think here he still feels like a player when he comes out, and he comes in high, he cleans house, like he's throwing all kinds of big, heavy wind-up punches at everyone, and makes him stand out in the ring. Yeah, sadly that's all he does though. Well, yeah, like he the discus punch on Valentine right away, which gives us a Greg Valentine flop. Do you think Bret Hart would have considered Kerry Von Eric the kindred spirit that he did if he knew about his leg? <laughs> um yeah i mean you think no other heart brothers have deformities everybody knows your leg is not real you know i think i could have been a pretty good wrestler with my foot <laughs> i would have done it this way <laughs> um 
Yeah, Bret Hart is like the stereotypical actor of wrestling. You know, like the stereotypical thing to say about actors right. is like they're all like, I would have done it better or I would have done it this way. <laughs> right. Kind of just feel how that that's how Bret Hart is. You know, I could have been pretty good Aladdin. <laughs> Wait, he was in a play. He was. He was Aladdin. Yes. I think. No, or he was the was, genie. Was he the genie? He's the genie. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't have tickets to that, but I had tickets to see a Chris Jericho play. Oh. But I didn't end up going for whatever reason. Okay. Anyway, he double teams uh, Valentine with Brett, which is a cool team up. Yep. And then he almost throws out Martel and he keeps loading up those big swings, gets a claw on Roma uh, and yep. then more wild punches on Martel. Um, I liked him and Brett battling in the corner, too. I thought that was really cool. Yep. Uh, and then, toe to, yeah, toe to toe with Hercules with you guessed it punches. Yeah, more punches. <laughs> yeah. Jacob Butch trying to throw him out, but he hangs on and he keeps lingering. And then he really steps up and he brings the fight to Undertaker. Like, it's a cool spotlight yeah. moment. Just hammering big punches and going toe to toe. Yeah, like, I think the problem I have with his work in this match is he, he's never in trouble in the match. He's either just walking around, standing, or punching. Right. Now, as a whole, is he one of the more disappointing guys in the company? Like, in terms of potential? Like, could he have been bigger? Should he have been bigger? Like, I think he just came too late, like, because of him personally. If he didn't have his drug problems and was more reliable, I think he would have been a big deal. Like, do you think if he comes in 87, there's no Ultimate Warrior? I think there's a chance of that. I think, you know, it's funny, too, we talked recently on our No Holds Barred um, podcast about, like, if Hulk Hogan wasn't had stayed in AWA. Right. We didn't mention Von Erich as a possibility. Like, I think he is someone that could have maybe been that guy if he didn't have the problems yeah he had a weird kind of charisma right like wasn't hulk hogan charisma but there was definitely something about him like i was you watching you you were you watching when he debuted tornado in 90 yeah yes yep because i remember right away thinking this guy was the coolest guy in the world as a kid right yeah, I mean, I thought he looked great. Like I was, and I was, I was a big Beefcake fan, so I was pretty heartbroken, um, honestly, about it, about Beefcake getting pulled out of the match. But Tornado helped, right? And when you when you said that, I thought you were gonna say I was a big Beefcake. Well, that too. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I just I, he's one of those guys that like, oh man, history could have been so different with him with a good head on his shoulders. For sure. Like, I mean, does world class not die? Yeah. He does save Jake from being tied up by the model, and then he holds the model for Jake, but Jake just says fuck it and walks away for some reason. <laughs> yes. And even though he's taken it to Undertaker, there's a lot of him just in the corner shaking his head. Should have this been – and it looked like he was talking. Should have this been a warning sign to people? <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's not the only time in this year that he does this. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. He's the one who chases Martell outside the ring uh, right before Martell eliminates Jake. Then he gets tied up hugging Smash. And I think the problem I'm having with his performance in this one is as I'm watching it, I keep having to check if he's still in the ring. Right. And I don't know if it's the camera work or what he's doing, but I'm like, oh, is he still there? Did I miss it? Did I miss him go out? Like there's a lot of that I find. I feel like that's a thing through this whole rumble. Yeah. For sure. Like, and, and it happens. Like, Brett goes out off camera. 
Um, there's just too many guys. Yeah, there's just too many guys. You're right. I think it's it's. I, I kind of had the same thing here and there. And a lot of the guys have similar looks and tights too. Like, right. he's not the only tall guy with blue tights. It feels like in the ring or whatever, you know. Yeah, and I find it kind of weird to see him in the blue tights. I'm just so used to him in white. Right. I kind of like the blue though. Oh, I love it. I I, I like it too actually. But finally, he goes for a discus punch on the Undertaker, and Undertaker just kind of evades and edges him over the top rope and out. Right. I don't know. To me, it just kind of felt like a bit of a pointless run. A little bit. Um, he felt like a decent-sized star, and he kind of carried himself that way. You always could find him, like, throwing those bombs, so he felt like a steadying presence. Uh, his stuff with Taker was really good, all through it, too. It really came at him, which I thought was nice. And I, th- I, don't know, I thought it was a sneaky fun outing. Like, I think if you adjust expectations as to what he was at this point, like, he actually exceeded. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, where are you at on presentation? I went with a three, which I guess maybe a little high. I'm actually going to adjust that to a two. But I, I thought they um, I thought they presented him as a – coming off that icy title reign, like, I think he's presented better than you would probably think here. But um, you're right. He does get lost in the shuffle a little bit, although I do like the way he went right at Taker. I thought that was cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm at a one. I just I like I there's just too many times he disappeared. And I thought at first they're like, oh, here he comes, but then they didn't really pump him up at all on right. commentary after. So I struggled with this one a lot with him. Because it's tw- it's it's not like it's short. I know that's the ninety one curse, but it's it's twenty four minutes. It's long, yeah. Yeah. So again, to me that's gonna be a problem, which is why I'm at a zero for work rate creativity. Uh, with a three, again, I got to lower it to a two. I don't know. I guess I was feeling good when I did this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the discus punches. I liked him stepping a taker. Uh, I thought he was a steadying force. I thought he was entertaining early on when they needed some energy in there. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know. Like, I just, I hated that all he did was punch. That's all he did was walk, punch, stand. So that's why I'm at a zero. And for, I went, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I, I was going to say I went one for effectiveness because he's in there 24 minutes. And aside from the few flurries against people, no eliminations and not for me. Like I, I wanted to be on board with like a fun run for him, but it just didn't click. So I'm a bit low. I, I liked it. Um, enough. I gave it two. Uh, I thought he was, again, a steadying force. I thought he helped get Taker over. And I thought he brought some star power to the early part of that match when there wasn't any on the face side. Like, Brett wasn't quite there yet, you know? No, he was definitely higher up than Brett. Yeah. He felt like the biggest face in there for a while. Yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. So that lands him with eight points, Uh which ties him with Piper 08, Honky 2001, Snuka 08, then Herc 89, Hibbley Jim 88, Volkov 88, Santana 90, Nightheart 91. I'm okay. I, I, maybe he sl- slots in right after the cameos before before Hercules 89. Yeah, Herc 89 does tell a good story, and he's got. We good liked energy. him in that one, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, he's got to go ahead of Hillbilly Jim in 88, though. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's put him there. So that lands the Texas Tornado from 1991 as the 
110th best rumble appearance of all time. <laughs> I guess. That, I don't know if that feels high or low. I don't know. Feels fine, I guess. Yeah. But we do get another one. 1992. Uh-huh. Slots in at number nine. And, it, I mean, this this – as much as this rumble is all about all these guys getting revenge on Flair, it was around this time that I kind of really learned who he was, the Texas Tornado. So that just really enhanced that opening part of the match for me with him. Right, right. And Bobby right away is like, they just keep getting bigger, which in retrospect doesn't seem like a, like the, the thing to say about the Tornado. But whatever, it works. He's a big guy, though. Yeah, I guess. But is he bigger? I guess he's bigger than Haku or whoever it was that came before yeah. him. He's tall. He gets a big pop. Oh, huge, um, yeah. And Gorilla really pumps him up as a former IC champ. Like, he talks him up big time. I loved him going to Flair with the big right hands. It's a cool throwback to their world-class NWA stuff. Uh, he beats the shit out of Sean, too. To center stage with big, wild strikes. Yeah, and he just he just destroys both of them. It's also around this time that Bobby suggests that you should come into the ring to this match with a wrench. And I was like, don't give them any ideas now. <laughs> Um, I love too that like there's like there's this great little spot that's kind of caught side like just a bit off camera where he punches Flair and he's about to punch him again but Flair does like a a standing flare flop like he's Flair's got a bunch of flare flops in this thing but this one I I don't know if I'd ever actually seen it it's just really quick really nice little bit yeah it's good uh, it's like classic bumping uh, in there to put Tornado over, who looks strong at this point. Spencer Tamaripo, man, one of our favorites in this match. Yeah. Uh, goes down with Tito, which is kind of cool. And then I just ah. love him and Flair going at it again. Like, Flair chops the shit out of him, and he hammers oh. back. Those chops when Barbarian's holding him? Yes. Um, I will I, I will say I'll probably have to deduct some points for having to see Nikolai Volkov during this run. But I just think that's fair. Yep, Same. Uh, and then he does kind of a similar uh, uh, elimination to Undertaker. He swings at Flair, and Flair backdrops him out. Yep. And and toward the end there, he did fade to the back a little bit, but it still was doling out those punches and really cracked Repo Man with that stiff shot. So uh, I think it's about the same as last year. Some strong moments. He looked good uh, and eventually faded to the back, but still had a presence in the ring. Yeah, I see. I like this one substantially more than the, the one from the year before. Right. Because I found that like his energy was just different when he came in. There was a different intensity to him. Like it, it felt more important. And there was maybe it's just because it was shorter, so there was less standing around. It was more focused. So I, I enjoyed it a bit more. He lasts nine minutes and twenty seconds. No eliminations again. Uh, but I'm at a two this time for presentation. I found he felt like more of a big deal in this one than he did the year before. Yeah, I mean, I went uh, to me it ended up being the same, which I think speaks to. Um, how well he was presented because he was coming hot off that icy title run the year before. Like he should have been better, but he's at least as presented as well here. Yeah. It's so telling that like, even now he's still getting huge pops. Right. He, and, he was over and considering he does nothing after losing that icy title, like he literally is just like, a, he's almost like Pedro Morales at like 86, 86 right. by this point, right? He's, he just wins more than he loses, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, like, what does he do? He's he's on the Warrior team at 90, right? But he doesn't yeah, well, really he's do... still a star there. Like, he doesn't yeah. lose the IC title on TV till December. So, like, to me, WrestleMania 7, I consider the end of his push. Like, he's presented well here. He gets a, a match at Mania. I know everyone almost does, but he did. He could have been left off. 
Yep. So, but after that, to me, is when he starts to dip down. He's in the six man at SummerSlam, right? Yep. So they still think enough of him to put him on pay per view, and he's in Survivor Series too. In '91. Yeah, he's in the um, that fucking awful match. Oh God, but, you're right. Yeah, Mustafa and all those guys. Yeah, well, it's not it's not his fault. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's it's it, man, it's a shame. This one really feels – it's like we were talking about – it's funny. Eh? We are talking about Paul Roman. You're like, man, I wish they would have done more with him. But then we're at this guy, and it's like this guy had so much more potential than Paul Roma. Oh, for sure. And it's like – yeah, he was on those pay-per-view matches, but he literally never gets another feud post-perfect DiBiase. Like he just does nothing. Like he's just a guy on TV. I'm sure he had feuds on like house shows and stuff, like on, on the circuit. I'm sure he was sure. mixed up with different guys. But like – on TV, like, I don't think he ever does anything with anyone of note. I think he yeah. just, like, wrestles squashes and has, like, random maybe, like, name versus name matches on primetime and stuff. But, um, and part of that is he's in rehab in and out and shit. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird run. I mean, this, this is one MSG match in there. I'm trying to think of who the fuck he fought. Um, where he's just, like, He's a disaster. He's like, I think they cut the match short. I'm trying, I can't remember oh, wow. what it was against. He's just like all over the place. He's out of it. And the match just ends weirdly. Like on a, it's one of his last matches. I'll have to look it up for you and send it to you. But Scott and I recently covered it. And it was like eye-opening just how fucked up he was. It might have been Martel. I, I, don't, I don't remember. But it seems like they go home like super early in the match because he's just like, and it's like a weird ending just because like counted out randomly. Right. And I think he was just so fucked up that. Do you think if he gets – imagine in 91 he completely cleans himself up, right? He yeah. becomes completely comp- – like he, he actually gets to the height of whatever his powers are. Right. Is he – does he replace Brett in 92? No, I think they love Brett too much. They do love Brett. But, I mean, they, they – because it feels like he might have been like higher up on the card than Brett at that point. Yeah, but I think – I don't – I think he would have already had his run as IC champ. I could see him like Bulldog. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm talking about him not as uh, I'm talking about him as like a world title. Like oh, oh, at the end of '92. Um, yeah, like, because he because if he continues say a, a proper trajectory, he should like he's he's over enough to almost take that next step, right? Yeah, but I think I think the steroid stuff kills him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because he's he's jacked. Like. He's like Bulldog, you know what I mean, like in that run. So I think I think maybe he's positioned better in 92, 91, 92. Um, right. But it's tough because like outside of Slaughter's little run. Now, look, could you have turned him heel, you know, mm. and used him that way maybe in late 91 into 92? But I mean, what's he doing then? Mm. That's, a, that's a stacked heel roster because you got yeah. Flair – Undertaker he, and Jake, right? You almost he would have been cool if he came in as the heel after Mania Six. Right. Yeah, I just I'm curious as to what kind of heel he would be. Just like a cocky, arrogant. Right. Probably like a rude type. Without the ravishing. Uh so it was him and Martel. It's January ninety two MSG. Okay. It's a fucking disaster. It's worth a watch just for the insanity of it. And it's a non-Royal Rumble Martell appearance, so it's probably not as good <laughs> with him to begin with. Um, I'm at a one for work rate, and this this one, I thought he was better than the year before, 
but still just punching. Um, but I liked, I found his intensity a bit better, so I bumped him up a bit. I went at three. I'm going to keep it this time. Uh, I liked all his stuff again with Undertaker. Uh, those chops he took were, were pretty nasty. Yeah, uh, again, I, you know, he brought some good energy. I liked him and Flair going at it. I like how he mixed it up with different guys. I just said he had a good presence overall. That's fair. I, I'm at a one for effectiveness. Nine minutes, no eliminations. But I thought his run was somewhat more. I thought it was more memorable than the 91 run. Yeah, I, I have it about the same as well. I, I gave it a two. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that actually puts him ahead of the 91 run, gives him a score of 11, which ties him with Akeem 89, Bossman 89. Danny Davis, 88, so we know he's not going ahead of him. Uh, Red Rooster, 89. Beefcake, 89. Valentine, 92. And Harley Race, 88. That's a lot of names. You're going to have to just throw one out. Um, how about right below Davis, ahead of the Rooster, 89? Well, oh, you like the Rooster, 89, eh? He was pretty good at 89. I- I'd be fine with this, though, over it, if you want. Yeah, okay, let's do that. All right, so that lands the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, obviously one of the most disappointing uh, guys for us, I guess. Like, man, it's so much potential. I mean, it's such a sad story, that whole family, right? Uh Which you would know if you ever watched Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, That lands him as the 84th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. All right, feels right. But sadly, we are not done tonight. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Saba Simba! Were you surprised that Piper didn't blow his cover immediately? <laughs> He's done it once before. No, that that is Tony Atlas. <laughs> I know him. Wait a minute. I actually, I wasn't sure if I had dreamt that that actually happened. So I went and found it and watched it. Oh, yeah, that's real. Oh, man. It's so funny because, like, he's treating it like he's fucking Columbo uh, uncovering (laughs) a mystery. Like, wait a minute. Something's, what's going on here? (laughs) That's not Saba Simba. He's not Seven Lions. Yeah. Uh, But he is in the 91 Rumble at number seven, fittingly. Uh, Very heavy. Yeah, he calls him fat when he comes in, uh, basically. he says, like, now we're talking about some beef on the hoof. Yeah, he's, he's fucking, fucking he's not good at the match. Um, Simba goes right at Roma and Hammer, and then Martellus throws him out. Yeah. Uh, just adds nothing. Like, no pop. He's not presented any sort of value. The only positive, I would say, of his appearance in this match is that he doesn't get 15 <laughs> minutes like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, just two, but even two minutes and 27 seconds is a lot. Yeah, that's true. On the scale, that's like, he should have been a 30 second guy. He is the heaviest runner I have ever seen. Like Like Montclair, banging down on the floor. (laughs) Also, I don't know why he didn't take the, because as, because I watched this other clip, right? He Mm -hmm. takes the loincloth off usually to wrestle. Oh, well, he didn't have time. I guess he could have stopped taking it off. His elimination is okay. He scoops up Martel, goes to throw him out, but then the model hangs on and he tumbles to the ground. But just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Uh, zeros across the board? Zeros across the board. Like, I wish I had more to say about Tony Atlas. Like, I I don't know. Like, what a, what a weird thing to do to him. Yeah, I don't – I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they really wanted that feud with Akeem. I don't know. <laughs> the actual person with potential African heritage against the fake African. I mean, that was the feud they were building. Like, they started doing set promos and everything, then Akeem left. 
So when 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 Piper calls him out for being Tony Atlas, he fucking makes fun of the whole outfit the whole time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it had to be like a rib. Like the the guy probably just needed money and they brought him back as like a joke. Yeah, he's wrestling in his bare feet and he's got like the bruiser Brody pads that Daniel Bryan wore at WrestleMania 30 around. Like, I don't get it. He was in good shape, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, besides being fat. He wasn't fat. I mean, like. No, I don't calls yeah. him fat. I mean, uh, Piper calls him fat, though. Yeah. A lot of meat on the hoof. Fucking being weird thing to say about a person i'm struggling to find anything more to say about sabasuda here we've talked a lot tonight i'm fine with putting it to bed so all zeros right now is he worse than nikolai no he's not worse than repo either Mm. he's not worse than boss man in 02 yeah is he worse than warlord 1992 warlord you could argue is more disappointing well, right, not to not, probably not to his family. <laughs> he comes in late and doesn't have much of a showing. Okay, he's not. He's got. Is he worse than the Red Rooster, nineteen ninety? <sighs> Fuck, I don't know. Like I, I give Saba Simba a little bit. I didn't give him any credit in the scores, but right. I give him a little bit of credit for that elimination. Like it did take some coordination on his part to do. Yeah, and he almost does take Martell out. Okay. All right. Should we put him at the top of the zeros? Oh, God, I wanted him at the bottom, but I guess so. Because, I mean, like, look, we could put him below ahead. We could put him below, like, the 15 to 20 second people. Do you want to put the 15 to 20 second people ahead, and then we'll put him ahead of the Red Rooster from 1990? I think that makes sense. I think the quickness helps. Like we said, two two twenty seven is like four times more than he should have been in here, which tracks with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but he is a bit more memorable than say Rooster nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, so that lands Saba Simba as the hundred and fifty eighth best Rumble appearance of all time out of one hundred and sixty three, mind you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so shall we break down our top ten uh, Rumble appearances of all time? Yeah, but just before we do that, I want to just quickly, uh, during the plugs, I was remiss. I wanted to mention, uh, I did have an appearance recently, Aaron, on the Jenny position. Nice. And Jenny and I did a freakout drive-in. Now, the last time I did this, I came under fire. I did Suburban Commando. It was my choice for for the horror movie podcast. And I argued there was some scary aliens in there. Uh, But this most recent appearance that dropped a couple weeks ago was an actual scary movie called Scary Movie. So her and I did a live watch of that and freak out drive-in. Check out the Jenny position, uh, com to check that out. I think it was a lot of fun. I thought we had some really, really good conversation. I hadn't seen that movie in forever, uh, and I still, it was still enjoyable to me. Have you seen Scary Movie? God, it's been years. I saw it when oh, it came out. Up. It's funny. I think my favorite of those was Scary Movie 3. <sighs> well, 2 is the Chris Elliott one, right, where they're in the mansion? Yeah. I don't remember 3. 3 makes fun of 8 Mile. Mm. and signs and it's got leslie nielsen as the president i don't remember that one as well i remember the first two yeah i don't remember the first two i remember the third one it's crazy anyway check it out it's a lot yeah. of fun. And check out definitely the- definitely check out the jenny if you're especially if you're a horror fan because she just reignited that show um and it's dropping weekly at least in october for now uh horror movie month obviously so nice yeah 
All right, top 10. All right, so at number 10, we have Shawn Michaels from 1995. Number 9, Andre the Giant, 1989. Number 8, Rick Martel, 1991. Number 7, Brett the Hitman Hart, 1994. Number 6, Ultimate Warrior, 1990. Number 5, Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number 4, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Number 3, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Number Hogan, 1989. Number one, Shawn Michaels, 2010. Does this still make sense to you? Like, does everything up, that up there seem to be in the right place? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anything glaring jumps out of me. For me, I think the shock is Michaels 96. You think it should be lower? Not that. Well, it, it, I don't think it should be based on our because I think we scored it pretty honestly, right? But like, it's not one that I would think would be right. like. I, I would imagine 95 would be higher than it. Well, I think what helps 96 is all the eliminations. Uh, it's a better field, and it feels like more like a launching point. Because 95, it goes on to lose. It's a short rumble with all the jobbers. Like, all that stuff hurt it. So individually, like, he was great, but yeah. 96 is, like, way more going on, even though it's a little more boring. Um, anyway, you can go back to Shawn Michaels' episode. <laughs> there are reasons, but I guess, I guess it stands out. Yeah, I think it's cool, though. I think it's cool. Andre finishing high, too, is also really cool. Yeah, him and Aiden. I'm curious how long he'll hang in the top ten. I think Sean 2010 as the number one would be a little surprising. Yeah. Well, I mean... I, I might have guessed 07 would have been number one, honestly. Well, they tied. Right. They have the same... Like, we, we in reality, we have a four-way tie for first place. Right. Right. right, which is kind of interesting, but we put that one... Yeah, I guess 96 being tied with those three is surprising. Yeah, but interesting. I mean, that's the project, right? All right, then let's let's break down our top ten Royal performers. Okay. Number Rick ten, Rick the Model Martel. Number nine, breaking through the earthquake. Okay, so that that Golga run didn't hurt him too too much. It, it bumped out just so we say goodbye to Jim Duggan, who leaves the top ten. That's fine. I don't, I don't think you think of him as much of a Roman guy. He had some good stuff. Uh, number eight, Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, number seven, Mr. Perfect. Number six, Ted DiBiase. Number five, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number four, Macho Man Randy Savage. Number three, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number two, Shawn Michaels. And still the number one Royal Rumble performer of all time, Hulk Hogan. And uh, just to give you some context, Earthquake was the only one who was in enough Royal Rumbles to make our current top 29. Okay. Well, we dealt with five guys. Five guys? Four guys? I can't count. But uh, fun time as always. Thank you for listening. Keep on rumbling.